0: Checking it up with Sheikh Feaz. Nightly Ramadan reflections. God states in the Holy Quran, in chapter forty, verse number sixty, "وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمْ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ an إِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ دَاخِرِينَ God states, and your Lord says, call upon me and I will answer you. And for those who are too proud to serve me and obey me, then they shall enter into my punishment. The first part of this verse again speaks to the important merit of making supplication or du'a within Islamic tradition, when God states, "Wa qala Rabbukum astajib and Your Lord says, "Call upon Me, and I will answer you." There are numerous traditions from the Holy Prophet salam and his blessed family which speak to the merit of making supplication. In one hadith, it states, "Ad du'a salahul that du'a is the weapon of the believer. وَأَرْكَانُ الدِّينَ in the pillar of faith. وَنُورُ Wal وَالْأَرُضِ in the light of the heavens and the earth. Other narrations speak to the importance of du'a when the Holy Prophet ﷺ specifically makes mention of making du'a during the holy month of Ramadan when he states, Perform du'a or supplicate during shah Ramadan during the month of Ramadan with your hands raised at the times of prayer as these are the best of times during which God looks at his servants with mercy. He answers if they supplicate, and responds if they call, and grants if they ask, they meaning us. As it's important toward understanding the incredible merit of making du'a and supplication, and in our previous episode we briefly touched base in regards towards some etiquettes when it comes toward making du'a to God, specifically during these blessed days and nights of the holy month of Ramadan. But nonetheless, many people, they say that even in spite of the fact that I fulfill all of the etiquettes when it comes toward making du'a, I humble myself in front of God and I come to Him in a state of physical and ritual purity. I fulfill my religious obligations, my prayers, my fasting, my hajj, and so on and so forth. I... Send salutations upon the Holy Prophet ﷺ and his family in the beginning of my du'a and at the end of my du'a and in the middle of my du'a, and for instance, I make du'a on the nights of Friday, Thursday nights, and Fridays during the afternoon, and I have prayed in front of the Holy Ka'bah and next to the grave of the Holy Prophet and his family, peace be upon all of them. But nonetheless, why then? Why still? Does God not respond toward my du'a? A really valid question that perhaps many people historically have wrestled with for centuries. And when we come toward the traditions of Ahlul Bayt, the traditions of the Holy Prophet, وسلم, we see that perhaps there are four unique reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not respond or may not answer our du'a. The first one of these is that perhaps we are asking for something that is completely and entirely impossible. For instance, sometimes we ask God for something that is truly impossible, like, for example, eternal life. We say, oh God, I want to live forever, or something like that. God has placed within the world we live in certain restrictions that will not be altered. God states that the sun is always going to rise and it's always it's always going to rise from the east and set in the west. Every morning, the sun is going to rise in that direction and is going to set in the opposing direction. The sun is not going to shine after sunset all of a sudden until the morning approaches. And similarly, we're never going to see the moon in the middle of the afternoon. These are just the divine decrees by which God governs his universe out of his infinite wisdom and knowledge. Thus God has placed within the world that we live in these restrictions and he has sworn that they will not be altered. And perhaps when we ask for something that is completely and utterly impossible, naturally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't respond toward that supplication. It is said that one day there was a man talking to his friend in the mosque when Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam was overhearing one of them tell the other, My friend, I'll pray to God that you never face difficulties. Perhaps these two friends were sitting in the corner of the mosque. One of them was complaining about how much obstacles and misfortunes he has to overcome on a day-to-day basis. And his friend, hoping to console him, says, My dear brother, I hope and I pray to God that you will never go through any difficulty ever again. At this moment, Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam approached them. And he said that difficulties are a part of life. And by praying for such a thing, know that God will never respond toward your supplication. Meaning that every human being has to go through difficulties. It's part of the sunnah of God's creation out of His wisdom and out of His knowledge, that we have to go through trials and tribulations in life. And we cannot ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying, O oh God, specifically during these blessed nights of Ramadan, O oh God, remove all difficulties from my life. Life wouldn't be life if it were not for those difficulties. But rather, perhaps we should be praying, O oh Allah, give us the patience to bear the difficulties and let us deal with them in the way that You Love for us to do so. In another hadith, it states, if you don't have a problem, if you don't go through a musibah every 40 days, there is something weak within your iman, within your your belief system, within your faith. Through suffering, God purifies His servant. That's the first, perhaps, reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not answer our supplication, may not answer our du'a, because because we are asking for something that is completely impossible and beyond the laws by which God has utilized toward governing His universe. The second reason perhaps why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not answer our supplication or our du'a is that what we are asking for potentially is something that is detrimental to us. Often we pray to God for something But God knows that that is not good for us. In a hadith al-Qudsi, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he states that I have made some people rich and I have made some people poor. And if I had done the opposite, it would have led to both of their destruction. You see, in life, sometimes we pray, for instance, that I want to marry this girl or I want to marry that guy or I want to get this job over the other. But God does not respond toward our supplication no matter how desperate that we plea in the midst of making that du'a because out of again his knowledge he knows that it's going to lead toward deficiency in our faith or perhaps incredible problems that we due to our limited intellects are are unable to foresee. And it's said that there was once a man who came to the Holy Prophet and he said O Rasulullah, Messenger of God Pray that I become rich. And the Prophet ﷺ says, no, I don't want to make that du'a for you because if I do, I know that it's not good for you. And the narrations tell us that this particular man, he was always praying in the front line behind the Holy Prophet ﷺ in Medina, meaning he would be amongst the first people to get to the masjid. But every day, due to his financial struggles, he would go toward the Holy Prophet. He would beg the Holy Prophet saying, O oh, Messenger of God, please pray that I become wealthy. And Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Eventually he said Okay, I'm going to make this du'a It is said that when the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam Made that du'a And supplicated on behalf of that man To make him wealthy After a couple of days After a couple of weeks He stopped coming to the mosque And it is said some time later The Prophet began to inquire About where his brother was He hadn't seen him for a really long time and eventually it is said that he was so busy he was unable to come for prayers or even pray on time or so on and so forth. Some weeks or perhaps some months later, the Holy Prophet sent some of his tax collectors when he was the head of state in the Holy City of Medina to go and visit this man's home so he can give back in charity so it can be redistributed to the poor and the needy within the whole, within the community of the Holy City of Medina. And that man who became wealthy out of the dua of the holy prophet sallallahu alayhi wa eventually turns out to reject the Prophet of God and states, Why should I give my money to Muhammad? Peace be upon him. You see, sometimes God might be protecting us from doing something that is going to take us so far away from our faith, and the way that he does that, because he knows what is best for us, is going to not respond toward our supplication even though we might ask for something in desperation. That's a way to get around this is to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you have something in your mind that you desire, say, oh Allah, give me this or give me that, but allow it to be a mechanism that brings me closer to you. And oh Allah, if it is something that takes me away from you, then I don't want it. Because what happens is that we as a human being ask and want the world, we want the universe, we aspire for the moon, but at the end of the day, if it's going to take us away from Him, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, the all-merciful Lord who provided us from when we were small children, from when we were in the womb of our mother until the very last day of our lives, and even beyond our death, God is going to continue to shower His mercy and blessing upon us. Know that sometimes... God is going to not respond toward our supplication because of his care for us. That's the second reason we're told within our traditions why God does not respond toward our du'a is that perhaps we're asking for something that is detrimental toward our well-being in this world and in the next world. The third reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may not respond toward our du'a according to our traditions is because because God loves to hear our voice. What does that mean? It means that God loves when we beg from Him that we attain the particular request that we're asking for. Sometimes when we are in desperate need for our du'as to be answered, that might be the first time ever that we directed our hearts and our souls and our beings in their entirety toward getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you wanted to get out of that financial struggle, or if you really wanted to have a child and you were unable to do so, or you really wanted to marry this particular person, but every single obstacle was coming in your way, then for many people, that's the first time that they begin to realize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the first time that they begin to gain a knowledge of Him and begin to pray to Him and begin to fulfill their obligations to Him and when one does that God might postpone the response of our du'a because He loves the moment when you turn back to Him God amongst His names Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Asma'u samaeen The one who hears, he is the all-hearing Lord. Thus he certainly hears that which we call out to him, but sometimes God chooses certain servants' du'as and postpones them. Sometimes we may have turned away from God, then we come back to him, asking him for a prayer, and we changed our life to reform ourselves, basing it on that specific du'a, that specific request, God postpones the response of that supplication because He just loves to hear our voice, man. Sometimes God may decide to forgive our sins in the meantime and cleanse our hearts in the midst of making our supplication, but keep on asking and keep on seeking from Him because you don't know what sort of secret that God has within Himself that potentially is unlocking for our hearts and our souls so that we're able to seek him and get closer toward him in the midst of the process. And it is said that one day a man came to Moses السلام, prophet Musa asking him for what is known as the ismil azam. The ismil azam or the greatest name of God and traditions tell us that there are certain awliya from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala God's most beloved creations who have within them what is known as ismul a'adham. Meaning that there is one of the names of God that if they repeat that or if they call upon that with full sincerity, God will respond toward their supplication without any sort of difficulty, without any sort of challenge, or without any sort of obstacle. Anyhow, it is said that this particular man, he came toward Prophet Musa as and he said, O oh Moses, I want you to teach me the ismul a'adham. And Musa salam, he tells him, he says, Look, my dear brother, I don't think you're ready. I don't think you're so, you know, necessarily at that level where you're able to be receptive to what I'm about to tell you. But nonetheless, he insists. He says, Oh, Moses, please, I want to know what is the ism al I want to know the secret of God, the secret name that I can call upon him in the darkness of the night so that he responds toward my supplication. Moses reluctantly, after some time, he says, Okay. He says, tomorrow, early in the morning, after morning prayers, I want you to go to the nearby swamp. And outside of that swamp, I want you to wait, and you will have the ism al-a'lam, the greatest name of God, the secret sort of language that you can communicate with God, revealed to you. It's said that that particular man, he became so incredibly excited couldn't sleep that night. Eventually, he did for a bit. He woke up for the morning prayers. Immediately after the morning prayers, before sunrise, he rushed toward the swamp, and he began to wait. And in anticipation of what was going to happen, he was so incredibly excited. And he was waiting for sunrise, and he was hoping that some perhaps angel was going to come from the sky and descend upon him and illuminate his heart with the most beautiful and most perfect name of God. And it said that soon after sunrise, he began to hear some rumbling in the middle of the swamp, and a few moments later, a crocodile came out of it. And this crocodile began to chase him. And this particular man, wondering what the hell happened, he begins to run away as fast as he can. And the first person that he thought about was Musa. And he said, why would Moses tell me to come to the swamp? So he said that he begins to rush and he goes directly toward the house of Moses and he knocks the door and Prophet Musa alayhi salam opens the door and he sees this man gasping for breath. He's all sweaty. His face is red. And Prophet Musa says, Hey man, what happened? Are you okay? He says, you lied to me. You tricked me. You told me that I was going to receive the Ismail al the secret of God. And I didn't learn anything. He didn't know, but he told me anything. He said, what happened? He said, a crocodile came out of the swamp, tried to chase me. I thought I was going to die. At this moment, Musa, salam says, but God saved your life. He said, yeah, but I didn't learn the secret name of God. He says, Musa tells him, he says, my dear brother, he says, when you were running away from that alligator, when you were running away from that crocodile, were you fearful for your life for a moment? He says, yeah, the entire time. He says, okay. He says, did you scream out at all? He said, yes, I screamed out at the top of my lungs. He said that in the midst of you running away in that moment when you were fearful for your life and you were screaming at the top of your lung, did you have a sense of hope that entered into your heart? He says, yes, I did. He said, what was that hope? He says, that hope was that God was going to remove me from the difficulty that I was in. At this moment, Prophet Musa, alayhi salam, he tells his companion, "He says, my dear brother, that hope that you had in your heart and that scream that you made out in pleading to God, that is the secret to unlock your du'a to being receptive, to, to being answered, and to being receptive. You see, sometimes what we need to do is seek for such a long time, and really be in a state of absolute desperation." demonstrating our utter and absolute need in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our dua to be answered. And when we are in that sort of state, and when we're calling out with tears coming down from our eyes and our heart trembling for whatever it is that we're desiring from God to respond to, that's when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond toward our supplication And that's what it means when we state that the third reason why God may not respond toward our supplication is because He loves to hear our voice. And consistent dua and consistent seeking and consistent asking will eventually get toward that state of absolute desperation where our hearts are shattered just for the sake of God and the potential for Him to respond toward our supplication. And fourthly and finally, we are told from within our traditions that the fourth reason perhaps why God may not respond toward our du'a is because that God has something better in store for us. And again, though it might be a little bit difficult toward accepting, and again, this particular question theologically has seen thousands, if not you know, hundreds of years of scholarship really wrestle with, But nonetheless, perhaps one of those reasons why God does not respond toward our supplication is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has something better in store for us. Sometimes when we make du'a to God, we are very limited in our supplication. While other times the du'a may be good, but it may not be the right time for it to be accepted. For instance, a child, when he's young, when we were young for instance, we always used to pray probably that we don't have to go to school because we like to wake up late and we don't like to do homework. But later on we begin to realize that if our du'a was answered when we were young children, whenever we would say, Oh Allah, allow for it to be a snow day every day or, or Oh Allah, you know, please let me get sick so I don't have to go to school tomorrow. Later on in your life, when you're in college, or even after that, when you begin your professional life, you realize that if God had responded toward all of those silly supplications of ours, we would not have been nearly as successful as we are. And in reality, it would have been a detriment toward us in this life and in the next if God responded toward our does. Naturally, we see that the human being goes through different sorts of maturity processes in the midst of our lives. When we're kids that du'a that we made might have been incredibly sincere. And similarly, when we're 20, we might have made a du'a which was incredibly sincere. And when we're 40, we might have made a du'a that we're incredibly sincere and we really believe that we want to have that du'a answered. But one day later, or one year later, or one month later, or five years later, we realized, wow, if God had responded to that supplication, I would have been in really, really big trouble. So trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and realize perhaps he postpones or he does not respond toward our supplication because there's something better in store for us thus in summary and in conclusion we are taught within our traditions that there are four reasons potentially why God may not respond toward our da firstly is because we are asking for something which is just impossible secondly because we might be seeking something that is detrimental to us thirdly because God wants us for our hearts to shatter and Ask Him in a state of desperation because He loves to hear a supplicate. And fourthly, because God might have something just better in store for us. So during these days and during these nights of the holy month of Ramadan, make sure that when you're making dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you're saying, oh Allah, give me X and give me Y and give me Z and give me whatever it is that you want. But make sure that you also add, Oh Allah, and make sure that you give me whatever is going to be beneficial for me in this world and in the next. Inshallah, ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then respond toward our supplications. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wassallallahu ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala ahl baytah at-tayyibin at-tahirin Follow Sheikh Fayaz on Twitter at Fayaz Jafar and look out for him on Facebook.